0: this is high school not so much a musical a podcast that takes you on a ride through the peaks and valleys of a high school journey here are your presenters Nitin donkey and ayush agarwal hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of high school not so much musical in today's episode we're joined with rishi's father dr sinha who is the CTO at Zscaler, a Silicon Valley um, multi-billion dollar cybersecurity company. So Dr. Saneh, if you could talk a little bit about yourself, your childhood, your profession, and some of your interests, that would be a great way for our listeners to get to know you.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Ayush, for uh, having me on your podcast. Um, It is very exciting, and I uh, look forward to our conversation. Just a quick introduction. Um, You know, I I was born and brought up in India. I grew in a little place called uh, Jamshedpur. Uh, It's in the state of Bihar in India. It's an industrial town, kind of like uh, a Detroit. uh, You know, Tata Motors there, Tata Steel there. So uh, my parents. uh, my dad worked in uh, Tata Motors, uh, he was an engineer and uh, you can say Jamshedpur was a pretty academic town. Uh, mostly you know, all parents were engineers and all kids essentially <laughs> you know, in a stereotypical way wanted to be either engineers or doctors. Um, so I went to school, I would uh, be what you would say a classic nerd. Uh, I loved programming, uh, math, physics as a kid, Uh, played volleyball in high school, and I did uh, really well in school. Um, In uh, in India, there's something called uh, uh, the the Joint Entrance Examination. It's a nationwide test uh, where all high school students uh, take a test uh, in physics, math, chemistry, and uh, based on your performance, you know, you get a, uh, a national rank. That national rank uh, lets you, you know, choose your major and, and, and college you want to go to. Uh, so I did really well in that and uh, ended up at uh, IIT delhi uh, it's, uh, it's one of uh, the premier engineering schools in India. Uh, I studied electrical engineering there. And uh, again, you know, I, as I said, I was a nerd. <laughs> I did well and uh, ended up uh, going to uh, MIT uh, in Cambridge, uh, where I did my master's and PhD. Um, so that's kind of quick background of uh, uh, you know, how I grew up through high school and into college.
2: So just for our listeners, could you just quickly explain what Zscaler is, what you guys do? And that'll lead into my next question.
1: Yeah, so, uh, you know, Zscaler uh, is, a, is a cloud security company. Um, you know, we sell to big businesses. Uh, think of uh, businesses like Siemens and General Electric kind of the Fortune 500 big businesses. And as you know, uh, uh, cybersecurity is becoming a very important topic. Uh, you probably hear about a lot of ransomware attacks and identity thefts. And, you know uh, loss of, uh, uh, of of information from businesses mm-hmm. and uh, what Zscaler does is uh, you can think of uh, uh, us as uh, sitting between all employees of a big business and all destinations that they would like to access whether it's on the internet or uh, could be part of their sort of their private corporate uh, application suite and uh, by sitting in between we inspect everything that's uh, happening and we can stop bad stuff from coming in and infecting their employees and uh, we can also stop good stuff from leaking out uh, to the internet for example so uh, you can think of Zscaler as a as a, a security exchange all uh, of our customers uh, users and and and, and their Know, machines and workloads connect to Zscaler uh, and based on policies that uh, that they define uh, with Zscaler we can uh, we can enforce security and prevent uh, data from leaking out um, so hopefully that gives you kind of a simple understanding of what we do
2: yeah this gives me a great understanding because one of my very close friends actually he graduated from high school early so that he could go and study cyber security along with a minor in economics so um, that leads me to my next question which is i mean in the last year with the whole pandemic and quarantine and everything students and school were more and more dependent on technology and uh, teenagers especially like Rishi, Ayush, and I—we were spending upwards of twelve hours a day on our devices. So, why do you think that it's important that teenagers know about cybersecurity, how it works, and if they don't know, could you explain to the listeners what exactly cybersecurity is and why you think the industry is growing so fast?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think, look, uh, you know, we're all becoming digital natives. We we rely on the internet more and more. Uh, you know, applications are now. You know, moving to the cloud. Uh, as kids, you probably hear about things like ransomware um, or someone's password being hacked. Um, you know, maybe you get, you've gotten an email, uh, you know, spam link, you clicked on it and maybe a machine got infected. Uh, so these, uh, these threats are happening every day. Uh, in fact, just during the pandemic, if you just look at Uh, just this year alone 2021 uh, probably the damages that businesses had to pay from ransomware alone was north of 20 billion dollars so these are businesses that got infected by say ransomware and they had to shell out money to get their business uh, up and running again Um, so what's ransomware right you ransomware quite simply is you you know you you get a malicious link in an email you click on it and uh, your laptop gets infected and uh, what the what the malware does is it encrypts all the data on your laptop uh, with a uh, with with uh, with uh, you know with with encryption technology that's uh, impossible to reverse engineer unless you know the key and so you're basically locked out of your own data. So imagine your entire laptop is just encrypted, and you can't access your photos, your documents, any of those things, right? Uh, now imagine the same problem happening for a big business. You know, as a business, you might have 100,000 employees, and and, uh, and ransomware can spread, you know, across these employees, and suddenly all your servers and and your employees laptops are kind of locked out and your business cannot function and that will result in lots of loss right Uh, i mean you could be a pharmaceutical company and suddenly you cannot manufacture vaccines because your computers are down or um you know you could be a uh, you know, you could be a healthcare provider, and all your data has been encrypted, and uh, now it's being copied off on the internet and being sold on the dark web. Uh, and, and suddenly, you have a massive, uh, you know, data breach where you have to notify all your customers, saying, "Oops, I'm sorry, you know, or your data got, uh, uh, your privacy got violated, and the data is out there, and then and, 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 and hackers can buy it off the dark web." and leverage it to do other things like identity theft right now what's identity theft i mean you kids are in high school say you turn 18 and then you go to a bank and you want to apply for a, a loan and then you realize that someone stole your social security number and uh, has opened up a credit account in your name and raked up thousands of dollars uh, on as credit uh, that uh Hasn't been paid back, so now suddenly, you know, the financial system in the U.S. will think that uh, you know you're uh, you're not credit worthy anymore because someone used your identity, your name, your social security number, and um, and and basically, uh, you know, um, uh, took out a loan in your name, right, or bought a house uh, or something like that. So, um, you know, those things become very important. uh, all our, our data sits in the cloud. If it leaks out, uh, imagine uh, you know what what can happen. So these these are pressing problems uh, that uh, that businesses deal with on a daily basis. Uh, you know, ransomware can cripple their business. You know, or a data breach can cost millions of dollars uh, in in the form of damages. Uh, You know, as a business, you can lose your reputation because your customers trusted you with data and you lost it. Um, You know, you've probably heard about Robinhood. Your kids probably do some trading on Robinhood. Uh, They had a massive data breach and they lost uh, uh, some of their customer information. Um, you probably heard about, maybe not so, it was a colonial pipeline. Uh, They had a ransomware attack and basically it shut down. Uh, the gas pipelines uh, in America, which caused a huge surge in gas prices uh, at that time. So I think the, if you look at businesses, you know, we're getting more and more digital, we're getting more and more distributed. And uh, uh, if, you, if you don't secure your, your data, your assets, uh, it can really cripple your business. Uh, if you look at it from an individual perspective, uh, I mean, certainly, you don't want your identity to be stolen. You you don't want your accounts to be compromised. Right? Uh, yeah, as a as a as a kid, for example, I, I tell uh, my kids, uh, you know, make sure you know you have good strong passwords. Uh, don't use the same simple password everywhere. Obviously, don't share your passwords. You know, use a password manager. Uh, uh, you guys should patch your systems right so frequently I'll see a laptop where a, a, you know there is an update pending and you know people keep postponing it well that update might have some critical security fixes uh, which can get exploited if you haven't patched up your system so you know basic cyber hygiene for for kids uh, and teenagers is very important you know you guys live uh, more of a digital, Life than uh, than uh, say folks in my generation. Uh, so making sure that your uh, your you know your entire digital existence is 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 locked down properly is is important. So um, you know use a use strong password. Use a password manager for your critical accounts like Gmail or iCloud. Uh, you should use two factor. Uh, what's two factor? Two factor says. It's uh, you know my account access is not just based on a password because that password can get stolen or you know somebody installed a keyboard logger on some machine and as I type my password they got they got access to it and so now anyone can access my account. But if you have two-factor, uh, what two-factor says is not only do I need a password, I need a second factor. Could be my cell phone, uh, could be a token. And uh, even if my password leaked out without the second factor or the token, uh, you know, I can't uh, or someone unauthorized cannot access my account. So those are sort of basic, you know, uh, cybersecurity hygiene that uh, that I'd encourage all of you to follow. And you know, in the world of security, if you look at, uh, you know, what are the, how do you, how do you uh, establish a strong identity, right? Um, if you if you study cybersecurity, it boils down to kind of three things. You know, something that you know, example a password, something that you have, say your mobile phone or a a, a token, or something that you are right. Uh, it could be, for example, face ID or your your you know your thumb fingerprint. And the more of these factors you combine, the stronger uh, your identity becomes, and the harder it is for someone to to hack so at least for your primary things for example if you all use gmail uh, make sure that your primary email account has two factor uh, because someone can easily let's say someone hacks into your primary email and then they can go and reset your instagram account and they'll get a temporary password delivered into your gmail into the gmail and because it didn't have 2 factor uh, you know, it kind of opens up the Pandora's box. So I think for for kids, I'd say use a password manager, you know, um, for primary accounts, use two-factor, always patch, update your systems. Um, you know, if uh, if iOS has an update or, you know, Android has an update or your laptop has an update, set it to auto update on a daily basis so that way, you get the latest software and there are issues that have been found they, they get fixed uh, quickly does that give you some sense of uh things that you should do
3: yeah thank you like now us and both like the listeners being high schoolers we know like what we have to do in terms of cybersecurity, what it is and like why it's important So like, obviously our podcast is about like high schoolers and showing them the different professions, like after college, when they graduate. So the question I have is how could someone like get into the cybersecurity industry because it's growing so fast, like it's becoming really popular and like, how would you get an internship or get a job? Or like, what did you do to get into the cybersecurity industry? And like, how did you get your first job um, in that industry?
1: That's a good question. Um, I sort of stumbled into the world of cybersecurity. Um, I can share my story. Um, you know, after I graduated from uh, MIT, uh, my first job wasn't in cybersecurity. Um, you know, my my PhD thesis was on uh, energy efficient system design. Um, essentially, you could think of uh, you know how do you design systems? How do you write better software and and uh, you know, use better hardware uh, so that your battery life of, uh, of say your iPhone can be uh, extended. And I uh, and was uh, you know back in uh, in uh, 98, 99 time frame, you know, mobile devices had just come out and people were complaining a lot about battery life. And so a lot of the work that I did um in my kind of academic training was around building low power systems and energy efficient systems that can have uh, a longer battery life Uh, as a result the first company uh out of school uh, was uh was focused more on you know wireless communication and and it was a company called engine it was a startup i was one of the co-founders there Um, my uh, thesis advisor uh, his name is ananta chandrakas and he's a uh, he's, he's at MIT, and he was also going on sabbatical, and a bunch of other students. We started this company, and and what we did at uh, at NGM was, uh, you know, come up with uh, uh, a what what you would call a, a wideband wireless uh, system uh, designed for Wi-Fi. At that time, Wi-Fi had just come out, and uh, we were looking at how you could digitize the whole uh, wi-fi spectrum and uh, you know run multiple channels and higher throughput and higher uh, kind of speeds uh, in, um, in, in say a wi-fi access point and, um, and so we did that and you know it, it wasn't such a such a big commercial success and the startup you know we ended up raising about 42 million dollars uh this was you know september of 2011 Uh, it was a very bad time uh you know the 9 11 attacks had just happened and the the, uh, u.s economy had also tanked. Uh, but we we raised money and we did all of uh, uh, these exciting innovations Um, but the company uh, wasn't a commercial success um but then you know that uh, one of the interesting problems that we had solved at engine was uh, uh, how do you, uh, how do you um, uh, detect uh, rogue wireless devices uh, in, uh, by scanning the, the error? So, for example, all of you kids use Wi-Fi, right? And uh, if you go to a big business, back in the day a common problem was rogue uh, wireless devices. Somebody could bring in an access point and connect it and you didn't even know it existed or you could have you know, Wi-Fi set up in your printer and you didn't even know it existed. And anyone could hack into it and see the last document you printed or get onto your network and scan and find out other interesting things on your network because uh, you, know, you left your Wi-Fi insecure. There wasn't any passwords or strong encryption on it. So one of the challenges uh, that businesses had was, you know, how do I find all of these rogue devices? Uh, the, the problem with wireless is, uh, you know, some of you might know this, wireless uh, is, is half duplex. What does that mean? Uh, well, that means when you're transmitting, you cannot listen, right? Uh, so imagine if uh, I'm sitting next to you and uh, you're trying to listen to someone across the room and I'm shouting in your ear you won't be able to listen. Uh, And that's the the common problem with wireless. You can either transmit or receive, but you can't do both at the same time. So one of the things that we had solved at uh, NGM was on separate channels, how how can you transmit and receive at the same time uh, in the Wi-Fi spectrum. And that allowed us to basically, you know, while, uh, while you were transmitting data, uh, on, uh, on your Wi-Fi access point. It could also simultaneously scan uh, uh, the, the different channels and look for attacks and look for rogue wireless devices. And so that technology became very relevant, and uh, uh, you know, I ended up joining a company called Air Defense. And Air Defense was solving wireless security by looking for rogue devices and, and looking for uh, attacks uh, looking for someone trying to break your Wi-Fi password and gain access to your network uh, to siphon data or do other, uh, you know, other subsequent attacks. Um, and so, air defense, uh, you know, was right place, right time. Uh, I think in about 2005-2006 timeframe, uh, the first series of attacks using Wi-Fi started. Uh, the big one was. Um, a company called TJ Maxx is the company that runs Marshalls and a bunch of other retail stores that you might be familiar with. And uh, TJ Maxx got hacked by uh, a bunch of uh, uh, you know criminals who were sitting in the parking lot of the mall, and they uh, they were able to break into uh, the Wi-Fi network. Uh, it was it wasn't very secure, and once they had access to the store's network, Wi-Fi network, they were able to then plant, uh, you know, more malware. And that was able to then look at every credit card that was swiped within those stores and get all the credit card information. So with that, they were able to siphon, I believe, around 40 million credit card numbers. And, uh, and, And that led to one of the biggest early data breaches where forty million credit cards were stolen, and once you have the credit card number and name and, and you know CVD and other information, you could then run up unauthorized transactions or sell it, uh, etc. Right. So um, I think that's that's what uh, you know got me introduced into the cybersecurity industry, and then from air defense, I went to Zscaler through Motorola. Um, you know, for kids today, I think mean, cybersecurity is a big, hot area. Uh, I, uh, you know, you could, you could do courses in, on Coursera or other online courses. Uh, there are uh, courses from industry, uh, you know, uh, industry leaders. You know, there's uh, certification programs that you can take a look at. Uh, there are university cybersecurity programs that you could take a look at. A lot of information is available online for ethical hacking. Uh, so you, know, you, could, you could download a few tools and play around, but again, do the right thing. Don't try to break into your friend's uh, system and, and do uh, inappropriate stuff. Uh, but you can do a lot of ethical hacking and, and, and learn from it. Um, so let me ask you this. Are you, are you kids interested in, in, in doing cybersecurity?
2: I guess I can go first. Um, I think that cybersecurity is a really important area that now, because everything is turning into digital. And one of like the great examples was, I was watching this show called Silicon Valley, which probably a lot of our listeners have probably watched as well. And their whole thing was about encryption and how to do like uh, compression with really good encryption. So I think that cybersecurity is slowly gonna make its way to every single industry, because when you think about it, 20 years ago, refrigerators were just refrigerators, but now you can make phone calls on the refrigerators. You can do so much more than you could in the past. And now our cars, there's so much security that needs to be embedded within all of these major industries. So I think that there's definitely a need for it. And it's gonna consistently grow over the next few years as more and more things become more and have more technology inside of them, which makes them more prone to hardware hacking. What do you think, Ayush?
0: Yeah, I mean, I remember a couple years ago, there was the issue with the hospitals where I forgot the name of the exact ransomware, but like it was essentially able to hack into like every single hospital and essentially like get rid of a lot of the patient data. So that made it very difficult for the hospitals to like function and actually treat those patients. And as Nathan said, because of the increasing, amount of ransomware and also because a lot of industries are using tech for pretty much everything that makes a lot of our data susceptible to ransomware uh, and to cyber attacks. Um, In fact, for example, like I do public forum debate and we actually had a topic about like the United States offensive cyber operations and how like the United States conducts them around the world for military and like national security concerns. Uh, But that same offensive cyber operations, the United States has had to start to pair those up with a long line of defensive cyber operations as well, in order to protect a lot of the hacking that comes from, you know, like small scale hackers in China, Russia, etc, that are always trying to like hack into the United States grid, for example. Um, So, yeah, I, I, like Nitin said, I think cybersecurity is going to become especially important, especially with every industry kind of shifting to tech.
3: It becomes necessary to protect that tech as well. Rishi? Rishi. ahead, Rishi. Yeah, I also agree with Nitin and Ayush when they say that cybersecurity, it's going to start like transferring and growing into other industries because, especially now that everything is becoming more digitalized and like everything, like more and more industries are relying um, on the internet more. Um, there's gonna need a lot more, there's gonna be a lot more need for cybersecurity because like there's ransom malicious malware like that these industries are gonna have to deal with. So as of right now, like cybersecurity, it doesn't really interest me but it could always be something that interests me in the future, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, all of you make make excellent points. Uh, I think Nitin, uh, your point on um, essentially, uh, everything becoming digitized: your refrigerator, your smart systems, your self-driving cars. Uh, it just tells you that you know software is heating up the world, and and everything is uh, uh, is, is is now uh, essentially a smart device that's uh, getting updates, and so that uh, attack surface is becoming bigger and bigger. Uh, I do worry about uh, um, you know the Internet of Things and. You know, when you have a $20 smart plug, I mean, how much security can be put into it? Uh, so, you know, we, we, we all have to be you know, mindful about uh, about all of these uh, smart devices everywhere, uh, which just means more ways that, uh, you know, hackers can get into them. Um, Ayush, uh, you know, your points around, uh, uh, you know, nation state attacks and, you know, for example, the U.S. conducting uh, cybersecurity, uh, you know, um, defenses and also like, looking at their overall cybersecurity posture is absolutely the right one. In fact, I think President Biden issued a, uh, a executive order, uh, you know, kind of reemphasizing the importance of cybersecurity for our nation's defense. Uh, and I think um, you know, Rishi, kind of you know, back to your point of um, uh, cybersecurity is interesting and and, and maybe. Uh, not something that every kid wants to follow right away. That's and that's you know, that's that's true. Uh, the way I would look at it is uh, because everything is getting digitized and uh, there's so much software everywhere. Just having that awareness, even as a software developer, is important. In fact, more and more um, cybersecurity awareness is being uh, is being pushed uh, in the industry. Uh, through a movement called shift left when you're shifting um, uh, cyber security into uh, the early software development lifecycle, uh, so that uh, you don't have uh, security holes and exploits coming down uh, later on because the cost of fixing those is much higher than the cost of uh, of uh, avoiding them in the first place right so Uh, better security practices, you know, software developers getting more aware of uh, you know, what are the top exploits, you know, whether it's uh, I I don't want to get into too many technical terms, but you know, there are, for example, there's a you could read about the OWASP top 10 uh, uh, security exploits and tell you, you know, when you're interacting with the database uh, how you should write software to avoid A classic attack called SQL injection. So uh, you you don't need to be in the industry. Uh, You just need to be aware of some of the best practices so you can, uh, if you're in the software industry, so you can write better software that has less holes that that can get exploited.
0: Dr. Tinna for your inputs on cybersecurity and Zscaler. Uh, For our listeners, that was the end of part one for this podcast. Make sure to check out the future parts of this podcast, which will be released the week after this, every Friday, uh, 6 a.m. PST. Thank you to our listeners.
2: Thank you, and I really enjoyed the questions. That's our show for today. Now roll the credits. High School Not So Much a Musical is hosted by Ayush Agarwal, Nitin Jaladanki, and Rishi Sinha. Narration by Samhit Kadala, Music from Louis Luang Relaxation Cafe, Tune Pocket, and Infraction. If you like the show, please recommend it to your friends and family. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.